Blog Talk Radio. Stevie B's Media Production is a part of the Shellcaster Network. The proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ by members of the Churches of Christ. With your host, Stevie R. Butler. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord Radio Show. You are my protector and you are my provider and my deliverer. There's no other help I know. You are my protector and you are my provider and my deliverer. There's no other help I know.
You're listening to What a Word from the Lord Radio Show. Good evening, wherever you are in the world listening to this radio broadcast. Stevie B's Media Production presents What a Word from the Lord Radio Show. I'm your host this evening, Stevie R. Butler. And this radio show is being broadcast from Stevie B's Media Production at the Carolina Studio in the great state of North Carolina. Ladies and gentlemen, we are just grateful for the privilege to bring you a program where we as Christians and members of the Churches of Christ can share our faith and preach and teach the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ on a weekly basis. If you'd like to contact us, why we're on the air this evening. Just give us a call to the live show at 713-955-0508 or you can go to the Blog Talk Radio website and listen to the show live there. You will find this show on page two of that website and you will see my picture is the biggest picture on the page. Praise the Lord. There's over 1,700 live shows that are active on that website at this hour. So God has truly been blessing this production. If you have any questions or comments for any of my co-hosts or special guests on this broadcast, you can send your emails to my new email address, butlersteve1009 at yahoo.com, or you can call Stevie B's Media Production at the Carolina Studio at 910-491-6405. Now, again, this program is brought to you by members of the Churches of Christ. And if you need any assistance in locating a congregation in your area, please feel free to contact us. Now, folks, on tonight, we have a special edition. My, every third Tuesday of the month, we have uh, Dr. Antherica Lane. She's my co-host. She's the board-certified obstetricians and gynecologist from the Great Road Church of Christ in Cincinnati, Ohio. And she'll be hosting her show, the uh, Dr. Uh, Conversations, rather, with Dr. Lane. So enjoy your listening experience. Take it away, Dr. Lane. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord Radio Show. Stevie B Media Productions presents, in collaboration with Lane Media and Photography, a special presentation of What a Word from the Lord Radio Show, featuring conversations with Dr. Lane, hosted by Dr. Antherica Lane, board-certified obstetrician and gynecologist. Conversations with Dr. Lane, where health and life intersect. Are you ready to learn to live a life that is overflowing with victory and empowerment? Welcome to Conversations with Dr. Lane. Dr. Lane is a board-certified obstetrician and gynecologist. She is committed to addressing health holistically from the mind, body, and soul. Hi, this is Dr. Antherica Lane with Conversations with Dr. Lane. Let's talk about those things that we do not have time to discuss during an appointment. Let's talk about your finances, business, education, relationships. If I can empower you to make healthy decisions in these areas, I am convinced your mind will be more focused and more open to a conversation about your health. Turn up the volume. Get ready for conversations with Dr. Lane. Hello, everyone. 
everybody. It's time for Conversations with Dr. Lane. I'm always so excited to share my network of friends and family with you. I truly believe that iron sharpens iron. I like to surround myself with people that are seeking to not only live their best lives, fulfilling their greatest potential, but I also like surrounding myself by servant leaders. If I learn something, I can't help but share it with you. Special thanks to my Pure Essence TV family and my new family, Stevie B Media Productions on Blog Talk Radio. Remember, you can catch my show on my Facebook page and YouTube channel for Lane Women's Health On Demand and YouTube channel for Lane Media and Photography. Today, we have a guest that you all need to meet. Her name is Alice Jumper. Alice Jumper is a professional in the financial industry. She is the first of many friends that I have that will help educate you about the financial industry. Alice Clay Jumper began her professional career after graduating from the University of Arkansas, cum laude, with her Bachelor of Arts degree. Alice then launched her career as an account representative at the Xerox Corporation in Boston. She developed top-notch sales and business skills working in a high-energy market for six years. Alice relocated to Los Angeles, California. She pursued her master's degree in finance at Cal State Dominguez Hills. Allison studied to earn her real estate license. She began a career in the field of mortgage lending. She worked in mortgage banking until the industry and banks collapsed due to predatory lending practices. Allison secured her insurance license and became aware of the numerous financial instruments affiliated with insurance products. She was in search of a more stable career option when she began a career at the United States Postal Service. Alice worked as a supervisor managing employees in finance products and customer service concerns. Alice retired after 21 years of service. Alice chose to revisit the world of finance as an insurance and annuity representative specializing in retirement and generational wealth building. Alice has emerged with a fierce determination to reach as many individuals, families, and businesses as possible to share wealth-building strategies. Alice Clay Jumper, welcome to Conversations with Dr. Lane. Let's bring Alice on to the show. Hello, Alice. It's so nice to see you today. Well, thank you, Dr. Lane. It is so good being here, and I appreciate the invitation. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here with you today. Well, awesome, awesome. Well, we are going to have a very informative conversation about wealth building, finances, insurance industry. And if you are out there listening, you definitely want to share this show, share this with your young people that are in your family, older people in your family, I think everyone can benefit from this conversation. I like to start out my conversations now with a question. 
And that question is something that I've been uh, really pondering on, and that is when did I first view myself as having some type of power or being powerful? And I often say that probably one of the first times I realized that I was powerful is when I really started tapping into my creativity. Uh, Just being a creative person, it really enhances the lives of others. It allows you to really build something from the ground up, and it really impacts your environment or those that you're working with. And I really, um, just from a humble standpoint, I really consider that to be very, very powerful to be able to influence others through my creativity. How about you, Alice? When did you first realize that you were powerful? Well, you know, Dr. Elaine, um, that is a very thought-provoking question. And I, I appreciate your answer in terms of how you looked at it because I can agree with a lot of things that you said. But when I think about it for myself, I think I was able to realize I was powerful when I had to take on the assignment to raise my sister's children. Um, She had three, and I had to take them on as a single mom. When I had to do that, I had to embrace the power of selfless love, Mm. and that made me powerful. So that's how I knew then that I was powerful. Yes, yes. That is such a wonderful example. And it's probably, I would guess, uh, an example that's going to uh, stick with her children for the rest of their lives. I mean, you had the opportunity to impact their future from really almost the very beginning. Yes. They were very young when I got them. They were five, six, and 12. So I had a hand in rearing them and shaping their lives, and I thank God for it. Oh, well, that's that's excellent. Well, let's let's just get right into it. Let's start talking about finances. Conversations with Dr. Lane is all about encouraging everyone to live lives that are full of victory and empowerment. And I think it's difficult to live a life full of victory and empowerment without having a good handle on your finances. So let's just start with that. Can you talk to us initially about your journey to the financial industry? How did you even get involved? Well, that was an interesting uh, way that I did it. Um, uh, My journey began when my curiosity was peaked during a session that we were having and I was listening to our financial advisor. And when he was giving us all of this information and the techniques and I had this thought, I said, boy, you know, with this information, I really could share this with a lot of people and help impact their lives. That was the first time that I thought about the financial industry in that manner. And I didn't act upon it right away um, when I thought about it. I waited a while and uh, years had gone by. But then I entered into the mortgage banking industry. And in that arena, I coupled it with term life insurance. So those two areas of finance I put together and started working it simultaneously. Well, 
I did that up until the point where I had to step away from it, and that was when the market was inundated with the predatory lenders, and that was during the year of 2008 and 2009, and we experienced that uh, tremendous dive in the real estate market. So at that point, I had to make a decision because everything was locked down so tight, it was hard to get approvals through. And I had these kids still to raise, and I had to decide, am I going to be able to continue along this path, or do I get a 40-hour week job like most people mm -hmm. and have something that's stable and consistent? Well, I chose to do the stability and the consistency for the sake of the children. But I needed to also be concerned about my uh, financial future as well. Well, I got them grown and gone. And I needed to be able to get back to where I was before because during their, that time when I was raising them, I dipped into my 401k quite a bit to get, uh, make sure that I had ends met. And I wanted them to have the lifestyle in which I had become accustomed to. So that meant I had to work a lot mm -hmm. and I had to make it happen no matter what. And when I fell short a little bit, I could always count on getting some funds from my 401k. So in so doing that, I decided that I needed to rebuild that portion of my finances. So I returned to the industry. Um, and I was glad that I was able to re-enter the industry without a lot of um, setbacks. And what I mean by that is that because of the experience I had had before, it was not a difficult thing for me to transition into the insurance industry because that's the field that I decided to go back into and to do it on a bigger scale than what I had done previously. So I entered the insurance arena as a life insurance and specialist with life insurance and annuities. And those two coupled together makes for a good foundation for anyone that's doing any type of finances because the rock and the foundation to all of the other industries in finance being banking, um, real estate, stock market, all of them are underwritten by insurance. And the insurance industry is the rock that keeps everything stable and protected. So I was grateful to be able to fall back on something that I had had uh, an opportunity to, to experience before, and it gave me the ability to earn the type of money that I need so I can grow my finances exponentially, and it can be safe at the same time, and I don't have to be fearful about loss. Plus, it allowed me to fulfill that vision that I had when I was listening to that financial advisor years ago where I said I could share this with a lot of people. So that's my mission today, is to be able to take what I've learned in this industry and pass it on to others so that they can do the same thing in terms of being able to set a good foundation for their financial growth and to learn other ways in which they can get there and not have to be um, in a stress mode and not have to be feeling like they need a big chunk of money to make it happen. So that's how I got to where I am right now, working in this industry, and it is so much fun to do. Well, that is a wonderful story about 
really just coming full circle with your skills and your experience. Uh, sometimes uh, when people have experience in their past, they, it's kind of like either or, and they just let the past go and they don't um, pursue those past interests. But it's nice to see that you were able to kind of start there and then eventually get back around there just based on your your necessity, but also your interest and your passion to to help others learn more about this industry. So I think that's a wonderful, wonderful example. I want to start with um, a question about what does it really mean to be wealthy? Well, you know, wealthy is real simple. Wealthy is having a great deal of money. And in addition to that, you have to have resources and assets. And that's pretty much the definition of wealthy, because the person that has the money, the resources, and the assets, they are considered wealthy. Okay. All right. That seems uh, pretty straightforward. Do you think there's a difference between being rich and being wealthy? Well, basically, um, they're interchangeable. You know, um, a lot of people like to make the distinction between rich and wealthy, but basically, they boil down to the same thing that they have money. But in the way some people look at it, they look at rich as being one where if you um, look at the quantity, then I think that was the dividing point for the two. But in so doing, it's hard to determine where that, that division line should be. But most people are considered rich if they have 500000 um, year in terms of income. But uh, if you look at the survey that was done by Swab in 2021 and with a modern wealth survey that they did, the respondents said that if a person had $1.9 million in monies, then they were considered wealthy. So that the determination of whether you're rich or you're wealthy is pretty much dependent upon the mindset that most people have. But there is another factor that goes into it because there's a di there's a distinct difference between the two. Most people who are rich, they receive their riches through a transference. In other words, they may have inherited, it was gifted to them, and it was kind of like receiving that silver spoon. And they don't think much about spending money. They just spend it, you know, because it's there and it's pretty fluid for them to do. However, a person that is wealthy, they don't spend to the same extent without thinking about it the way that a rich person does. And they are one that wants to take their money and grow it even more. So they go out and start buying up other businesses. They make investments. They get a portfolio of real estate, so they build their wealth, and they become wealthy that way, and they have a different respect for money than someone that is kind of like handed it to them. So to me, it's like you take the best of both worlds and put them together. You can be rich and wealthy. Right. I like that, too. I like that concept for sure. Um, <laughs> when it comes to building wealth, uh, what are some of the mistakes? that young people make? And then let's talk about older people. What are some of the mistakes that older people make? We can start with young people, though. Okay. Well, you know what? I think the, 
the biggest problem that uh, young people make, and that, that is that they um, procrastinate. And procrastination is a thief when it comes to building your wealth because you need time. Time is your friend when you're building uh, an empire, when you're building wealth, and when you want to be able to have a legacy to leave behind. So young people sometimes are thinking that they have time to think about retirement. They have time to grow into this empire of riches that they want. And that becomes their um, drawback. They lose that time which, which they could have embraced and started doing something in the arena when it was available to them at that point, but they didn't see the need. So the other thing is that they don't always uh, garner the information that is passed on to them through wisdom. And the wisdom comes from the older people that are telling them things, but they're not hearing it because it's not today's modern um let me do Robin Hood and let me do uh, 4X and let me do all of the Fortrix that's out there and the crypto and, uh, you know, Bitcoin and everything that is in the electronic medium. But when they stop and they look at what they could have done was listen and taken that advice and acted upon it at that time. But sometimes the the inability to think outside of the box can hamper you. And when you don't and you're trying to go along with the crowd, you got to separate yourself out sometimes and um, get away from the crowd. Think for yourself and make decisions that are going to be prudent for you to grow your wealth. And we sometimes get excited in our youth and decide, I'm going to conquer this world and uh, you get out of my way. But instead, they need to embrace what they're hearing and seeing and learn from that. And when they do that, they will realize that they don't have plenty of time to think about that later. They need to do it now because time is money and money it develops time. Yes. So, the truth? Yes. Yeah. And the other thing that they do a lot of times, they minimize the need and the importance of life insurance in its wealth building uh, attributes to what you where you're trying to go. So when we can cast aside all of those things that are holding us back, then we're able to meet those uh, financial goals that we want. Now, when it comes to older people, they suffer some of the same problems when it comes to procrastination. Because a lot of uh, older people have procrastinated throughout their youth. I'll do this later. I'll do that later. And time gets away from them. And then the other thing that uh, older people do, they sit there and they believe, oh, at this point in my life, it is not necessary for me to be trying to get uh, build generational wealth because my time has passed. When in actuality, that's not so true. Because guess what? The baby boomers are the one that have the foundation to generational wealth for all the generations that's coming behind them. And when they see it that way, then they are in a position to put their children and their grandchildren and their great-grandchildren into wealth-building programs and products that they can all benefit from, including the baby boomer. 
So when <clears throat> when we realize that, then we can see that we can be the foundation and the building block for others to come along and have that generational wealth. So on both ends, there we have it. Yeah, that's a really um, great answer to that question. One thing that comes to mind really is just, wow, that that's going to take some discipline as well. And I really uh, wonder, why is it so difficult for us to have financial discipline? Well, you know, a financial discipline is just one part of discipline, period. When it comes to discipline, um, one of the things that is very difficult for us to do, and I say us because we all run into it, um, we run from the heart and the uncomfortable things. And when you're uh, having to be disciplined, it's sometimes hard to do. And it's always uncomfortable. But we have to learn to embrace it because when we do, we learn that habits are strong and they're tough to develop. But if we develop good habits and replace some of the bad habits with those good habits, then we set a foundation in which we can uh, find ourselves being more disciplined. We also lack uh, the willpower, the motivation, and the ambition. All of those things are needed elements to be and stay disciplined. So we have to learn to embrace those things and make them work for us. And when we are doing this, we must be intentional about our thoughts in order for us to develop that discipline that we need. So we got to look at our mindset and change where we are and put in the things that we need to stay focused and stay on track. And once we do it and then we reward ourselves for being there, then it becomes an easy stepping stone for us to continue that. Because when I watch my grandbabies with the accounts that I've helped them to set up and they get to do their review on a quarterly basis and they can see that, oh, wow, I have more money now than I had before. And I say that's the building block because you learn to be disciplined. You took that 50 cents that I told you need to put away and you made it happen. So now you're going to be able to take that 50 cents and build it to the next level so you know what? You don't need all of those soda pops that you're drinking. So maybe you could do a dollar the next time. So right. that's the way we do it. Oh, that's a wonderful, wonderful example. I think your point about mindset is just so important. I mean, it's been a very integral uh, aspect of just my overall journey professionally. And really, um, in regards to setting a vision for where I want to be in the future, uh, mm -hmm. it's it's really been mindset that has been really uh, that one thing that allows me to ignore the naysayers, ignore uh, the neg negativity, because I know uh, at the end of the day where I'm going, and that's the mindset that I maintain. And uh, so I think that's just a very, very valuable, valuable point. And I like to hear that you're giving those uh, tools to your grandchildren as well. That's going to be extremely valuable for them in the future. Yeah, you know, what gets me is that their mom is also teaching them to be little entrepreneurs oh. because they have uh, 
little businesses that they're starting already. And I check in on them to see how well their businesses are faring from time to time. One has a lemonade stand, uh, and um, they also have um, bottles of lemonade that they produce and sell. And one has a T-shirt business. I tell you, they are just like, I'm like, I'm very impressed. And I told her mom, I said, you know what? I'm so proud of you passing on the principles of building a business and then being able to take that and lay it on top of how you get there and be independent and then have the financial security that you need without having to go out and ask anyone for the help. Yes. So they're starting young with that. I like that. Yes. So if you were to say, um, what are some ways that we can acquire and retain our wealth? Hmm. Well, you know, wealth has a um, a step. There are steps to it if uh, you're trying to get it. And the first thing that we look at is that wealth comes through transference. And we see a great big transference of wealth going on right now. And it's probably the largest that has been done in history because it's, a lot of it involves the baby boomers. And uh, people are inheriting more today than they have ever in the history before. And it's been a lot of gifting that's been going on. So we see that the wealth is transferring through that medium. And the other way that wealth is acquired is through acquisition. And this is where um, people are doing a lot of, um, they have a lot of clubs where they are making investments. And then with those investments, they are going out and acquiring real estate, or they're buying businesses, or they're opening up businesses. So through acquisition, they also will be able to build um, the wealth. And the one area that most people do and they hold it and it becomes very valuable over time is real estate. And that's a very good investment, especially if it's in a good area. Because long as you hold it, it will continue to appreciate in value unless something drastic happens to plummet it uh, downward. But with real estate, it's pretty good and safe investment and it grows um, exponentially if you leave it alone and let it grow over time and make those improvements along the way. And you can also um, tap into its uh, equity and offspring other streams of income. And then we have the building process. And this is when you take a little bit of uh, money and you use the uh, methodology and you do it on a continuous basis, and by adding funds to it, and you uh, have your initial input that's there, then it grows over time. That's when we can see how valuable time is, because you're using time and compound interest. And compound interest is having interest on top of interest. And most people are like, they don't, they don't really get the concept of compound interest, but it is the way that you have exponential growth. And it's like taking um, a dollar and putting it to the ninth degree if you just let it sit there long enough. Mm-hmm. And when you have uh, $100 
and you're getting 10% on it. And then that $100 become 110 And then you're getting um, another 10% on the 110 So it keeps multiplying and growing that way. And that seems like a pretty simple example. But when you look at that example over a period of uh, 10 or 20 years, then that which seems like it was a little bit of money has now grown into a lot. One of the things that we do, we teach the four basic steps of how to create financial strength. And we go through that so that people can understand that there are basics that they need to know. And you need to be able to manage your money and not to spend it just because it's there. And you need to keep your credit in order because those are the foundations that most decisions are based upon. And don't spend more than you make. And if you can get yourself disciplined to do that, that's the first rung on the step of the ladder that you need. And then you want to be able to protect your income and your family. You have to do that with insurance. Insurance is an integral part of what you have to do. And then you need to um, be able to accumulate your um, your money over a period of time, but you need to be able to look at what other things that you have to be concerned about when you're doing that. And inflation is one of them. Risk is another. And then you have to also be aware of taxes and then know how to use compound interest because it can be a friend of you or it could be a foe. The friend is when you're getting the benefits of its growth. The foe is when you're using those credit cards and those interest rates are killing you because mm. you are spending more money than you need to when you're using that uh, card at 27%, 22%. And the bank, if you have your money in the bank, is only giving you less than 1%. Mm. So, that's a, a, a thing that eats up a lot of people's ability to have their funds grow exponentially. So we keep those things in mind so that we don't have to have that. Okay. Right. Wow. You are, you are taking us to school today. I hope you all are listening. I hope you got on the bus at the beginning of the show. We are talking to our financial expert today, Alice Jumper on Conversations with Dr. Lane. If this sounds like a show that you know someone needs to hear, please go ahead, click like, follow, share, and share it with as many people as you know. We want as many people to hear this valuable information. We're going to wrap up our part one of our conversation. She's going to come back and she's going to talk to us in more detail, but I'm going to wrap up with one more question and that question is that I'm hearing a lot about how life insurance should be a part of our financial strategies. Can you speak a little bit to that and tell us what your thoughts are in regards to that? Um, well, insurance should be uh, an integral part of our strategy because it's the foundation and it is very essential. Uh, Dr. Lane, when you hear life insurance, what immediately comes to your mind? Someone died. Yes. And you know what? That's the number one answer I get because they equate life insurance with death. But we fail to see the operative word there, which is life. Mm. And when we're thinking about life, we have to think about it in a lot of different areas. And the one thing that we have to look at is assets. And when you look at your assets, 
What's your most important asset? Your life. Your life. Exactly. That is your most important asset because you won't have any of the other things if you don't have your life. So life insurance is there to protect your asset and to protect your life. Mm-hmm. And um, when, you, when you're thinking about the insurance as a death benefit, then it's not really helping you to live life. But life insurance was put in place by the rich so that they could enjoy their assets and not have to worry about them. So it is designed for the living. Now, it provides a lot of features that we need to um, foster so that we can have our wealth. And the thing about it is that when we are looking at how to um, foster these things, what do we need to look at? Look at how insurance protect our lives because the breadwinners of a family need to be in a position that if something happens to that person, they can either have the ability to go into that uh, life insurance and have monies pulled out to be able to uh, get through a difficult period of time. If that person should happen to pass away, they want to be able to leave their family in a position so that they can continue the life that they built for them. So we have to look at it as that type of protection. And then we look at it as the protection for our assets. And we look at our home as our most expensive asset that we normally get, uh, with the exception of the wealthy, who can put it into, you know, oil paintings and jewelry and finer things in life. But for the most part, we look at protecting things like our home and our businesses and our investments. So you need to have that insurance to be able to cover those areas as well. Then we also need to be able to preserve our money. And we do that by sheltering it from taxes. Because, you know, taxes eat up every area of our life. We earn the money and they tax it. We save the money and you pay uh, capital gains taxes. Um, When you um, spend your money, you're paying the retail tax. And then, Lord knows, when you die, you have probate tax. You know, it's like every avenue you turn, you are looking at taxes. But guess what? You can receive your money out of a life insurance policy without any taxation. So it is a shelter that you can use to shelter your money from taxes. And you can receive a stock market return on your money that's in that policy, and you do it without any risk. And you are given a guarantee by the insurance carrier that you will never lose any of your money, your original money that you put in, and anything that grows inside of there is protected. So it also will provide living benefits for you. And um, then you can use your policy to be available to you while you live as opposed to just being available to your beneficiaries. So I like the new insurance that is around that gives us those benefits and those features. And I like the fact that it can provide free, tax-free, I should say, retirement income. And wouldn't it be nice not to have to pay taxes on your, uh, your, your income, your retirement income? Yeah. Uh, 
because on your Social Security and your pensions, you're having to pay taxes on that, and on your 401Ks, you're paying taxes on that. But it would be nice to have an area where you can just get that money and not have to worry about paying any taxes. And you can do that with an insurance product. And all of those tax shelters, and it gives you that hedge against inflation, and it takes you out of probate. Because with the life insurance policy, it doesn't have to go through probate. And it gives you that privacy that you need. And uh, it's not like a will. You know, a will is open for everybody to examine. Mm -hmm. But when you have the monies inside of a life insurance, nobody gets to see or know about that. How about that? Wow. That is quite the information there. You're going to really bless some people with this uh, with this information. It's just another way to look at insurance, the insurance industry, life insurance. Um, there are some people out there that this may be the first time that they're hearing this kind of information. Why do you think it's not so um, why it's not so available or you know easily accessible? Or maybe it is and I'm just not aware. Well, I think it's by design. Um, really, because when you look at the population and you see how the division of wealth is, then you see that 98% of the people don't have it and 2% do. And the reason that I think, this is allotology, but the reason I think it's that way is because the uh, 2%ers need the 98%ers to be their feeder base mm. and to be their worker bees. And when you get people knowledgeable, then they move out of those positions to be your worker bees and your uh, feeder base. They start building things for themselves. And when that starts to happen, then the erosion of the power and the money starts to take place. And the people that are in those positions don't want to see that happen. So why do we need to tell you about what it is that we enjoy for you to come over here and take some of that away? No. That's why we are telling everybody this is how you do it and you can enjoy some of the things that they're enjoying too because guess what it doesn't cost you any more to do it than it does them it's all a level playing field when you get into it and it gives you a voice and have you sitting at the table as well so when we have more people equipped to do that then we have the ability to be able to have a better life for ourselves and our family So those are the things that can help us get to where we need to be. We open our minds up and take it for what it's worth. Wow. Well, knowledge is definitely power. You just illustrated that for sure. So uh, I am really looking forward to part two of our our conversation. And I hope our audience is looking forward to that as well. I mean, this has been a very informative conversation. Well, thank you so much, Alice Jumper of Los Angeles, California. Well, thank you. You are so welcome. I, it has been my pleasure. All right. Well, this has been Conversations with Dr. Lane, and we have been talking to Alice Jumper. She's our financial industry expert this evening and you can find our show on the lane women's health on demand facebook page and youtube channel as well as lane media and photography youtube channel and of course you can 
download your Pure Essence TV app, and you can watch us right in the comfort of your home on your Roku. And then once again, you can listen to my show every third Tuesday with Stevie B Media Productions. All right, Alice, have a wonderful day. We look forward to part two of our conversation. Looking forward to it. Thank you. Well, thank you for joining the show. We have had another exciting and informative episode of Conversations with Dr. Lane and our financial expert, Alice Jumper. I'd also like to give a special shout out to Pure Essence TV and my co-host on blogtalkradio.com, Stevie B of Stevie B Media Productions. I'd also like to give a special thanks and shout out to my technical producer, Marvin Lane, who always makes sure that everything runs smoothly behind the scenes. Till next time. have been listening to Dr. Antherica Lane with Conversations with Dr. Lane, a special segment of What a Word from the Lord. Back to you, Stevie B. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show.